Climate change, poverty, mental health, young people and adults face a world of constant change. It's the connections we make, innovations and education that come together to help us make a difference. Welcome to the power of young people to change the world. In this program, we bring together leaders that share stories designed to inspire you to serve, learn, and change the world. Now, here's your host, Amy Muirs. Good afternoon, everyone, and welcome to The Power of Young People to Change the World. I'm your host, Amy Muirs, and I'm here every Thursday on Voice America Empowerment Radio. Together, we explore how young people are using their ideas, creativity, and passion to shape a better world, and how educators are utilizing the power of service learning to redesign education. Today's show, we're going to be taking a deep dive into how young people are making lasting change by using their voice, ideas, and action to influence policymakers. So I'm joined by an amazing group of young people and their adult mentor from the New York City's We the Youth Advisory Council. So after the public outcry for the murder of George Floyd and the civil unrest that followed, New York City's Department of Youth and Community Development began working with young people to create an outlet for youth to be civically engaged and to move from marching to the electoral power of change. So soon after, they began the We the Youth, You the People virtual town hall series, which was a youth-led, developed, and driven platform for for young people to discuss the issues that matter most to them. So for the past six months, they've been hosting youth town halls, creating youth councils, and developing a youth agenda that's data-driven and ensures youth have a seat and a voice at the table. Now they're working on a youth agenda for New York City's mayoral candidates. So the idea is to empower New York City youth and cultivate civic action, truly engaging young people in the democratic process. So joining me from New York City, we the Youth Advisory Council are Amaris, Mohammed, Abasiono, Elijah, Ariana, Edward, Amanda, and their amazing adult mentor, Shahida. So welcome to the show, guys. I'm so excited to have you on. Um, before we jump in and talk about your policy work, I'd love um, for each of you to introduce yourselves and share with our listeners a little bit about who you are um, and and the the work, um, what you do in your free time besides all of this amazing policy work. So, um, Amaris, let's start with you. Hi, yes. Thank you for having me today. Um, it's a privilege. So my name is Amaris. I currently go to the East New York Arts and Civics High School. I'm graduating class of 2022. Um, I'm a person that is really interested in civics and I love advocating for my peers and I love advocating for um, the reason why I joined this whole thing is just because I love advocating and I think that it's just a great opportunity. So yeah. Wonderful. Thanks so much. Mohammed, welcome to the show. You want to introduce yourself? Yes. Uh, my name is Mohammed Oguntola. I'm a rising freshman at the City College of New York, and I plan to major in biomedical engineering and pursue a career in medicine. I'm familiar with youth organizations from programs like SYP, Summer Bridge, Trio, and Saturday Academy. And I've been a I've also been a member of other organizations, including the ACE Mentor Program, New York Edge, the Future and Options, Salesforce, Externship, and my high school tag team, the Columbus Explorers. Enjoy reading, playing sports, and cooking in my free time. You're very, very busy. <laughs> um, Avasiono, how about you? Do you want to, can you share a little bit about yourself? Yeah, sure. Hey, guys, my name is Avasiono Edsuk, uh, originally from Nigeria, and um uh, right now, currently, I am a social media manager and proofreader, and um, I I joined this organization, JYCB, and We um, the Youth, because I wanted to be a part of the change that I wanted to see in my community, and I was just really thankful and honored that I knew uh, Shahida from, you know, being an attendee and a participant in the after-school programs of Grand Street Settlement, where uh, Shahida was the creative person um, and assistant director of youth services. So <laughs> thank you. How about you, Elijah? Hi, my name is Elijah Green. I am an African Latino male. Uh, I go to Broom Street Academy 
which is a high school. I am graduating class of 2022. Uh, something about me is that I'm currently a medical student learning to uh, become an EMT. Uh, I, the reason why I joined the DYC, the uh, Youth Advisory Council is to pretty much, like, to pretty much put it into perspective. I, want, I was tired of uh, marching all the time. I wanted to try to, you know, fight for social justice another way. And Shahida, one of our mentors, just kind of introduced this to me. So ever since uh, early 2020, I've been with DYCD, just learning uh, some new stuff, learning how I could uh, change the ways how I could fight for social justice. So, yeah. Awesome. Thank you. And just for our listeners, um, if you hear them say DYCD, we're talking about the Department of Youth and Community Development for New York City. So thanks, Elijah. Um, Ariana, let's, uh, how about you? Can you share a little bit about yourself? Hi, I'm Ariana. I just recently graduated from high school. I'm 18 years old, and I currently am participating in cosmetology school. Um, my free time, what I do is I'm very artistically driven, so I love to, you know, express myself through my fashion, through dancing, singing, and just, you know, exploring music in general. Another aspect of myself that I do on my free time was, you know, express you know, my spiritual wisdom through my social media and how, you know, I just feel about certain topics and views when it comes to society. I'm a trans and non-binary activist, and I take every opportunity that I have to express um, the rights that we trans and non-binary youth deserve to have. Wonderful. Thank you so much for being here. Edward, can we hear a little bit about you? Hello, hello. My name is Edward, and I'm a rising freshman from Brew College. I've been with CCC, which is Citizens Committee for Children here in New York City as a youth action member since I was a freshman. And I am a huge advocate, emphasis on huge advocate for educational equity and opportunities for young people. Uh, I've been to Albany, the state capital of New York, several times in advocating for foundation aid and being involved in city campaigns around school diversity, uh, SYAP, which is summer youth employment program and after school programs. Um, in addition, I've also worked with other organizations such as YVOTE uh, and the Democracy Ready New York Coalition. Uh, and we also launched uh, recently a Fund Ed New York campaign, which is calling on the governor to expand education funding, which we have done, and it was great. And most recently, uh, I worked with CCC um, in gathering information and analyzing from our youth survey to help develop the youth agenda with DYCD and in creating the Merrill Youth Town Hall event in which I was gladly the host of the show and I had a really great time and I was so excited to you know, help raise awareness and spread the message of the youth agenda and the priorities of what our future New York City mayor needs to focus on for the youth um, with the We The Youth Advisory Council. So really excited. That's awesome. Thanks so much, Edward. Amanda, you're up. Hi, Um, I'm currently a rising senior at Fiorello H. LaGuardia High School, which is a specialized high school that dual missions in arts education. I'm currently a theater major there, and I'm hoping to pursue a more advanced theater education in college. I'm very passionate about um, equity in education, which is why I started working with DYCD and Shahida. I also run my own smaller coalition in response to racism and inequities coming from the public high school system in New York City currently. Um, I'm really into the arts, just like Ariana said. Um, I do dance, I write, uh, like I said, I act, um, and anything that has to do with arts, really. Amazing. Thank you, guys. Um, Shahida, you have an amazing group of young people here. Can you just introduce yourself for us? My name is Shahida uh, Shahid. Um, Smith, I'm from the Department of Youth and Community Development. I'm the stakeholder engagement and content manager with the strategic communications team. Um, and I've been working in youth development for about 25 years. I've always been very passionate about um, social justice, even as a child. I, um, on my free time, I actually am a part of several um coalitions of, around the arts, arts education and youth um, as a means to heal 
communities from community trauma. Um, been doing a lot of work, been working at DY City for about seven years in various capacities, mainly coaching program directors on social emotional learning and making sure that they are adhering to the guidelines that are prescribed regarding their contracts and a bunch of other stuff. So I don't want to talk anymore because I think Abbasiano <laughs> needs to answer the question. The NYC Youth Agenda is basically a data-focused findings from the Youth Acts Youth Census with intergenerational change, which amplifies uh, surveys. And um, it includes recommendations from experts from the We the Youth and You the Town Hall people. It covers priorities that were identified by NYC youth all across um, NYC. Uh, these include health and well-being, learning education equity, community safety and policing, gender justice and LGBTQ rights, community and housing, economic, civic participation, the impact of COVID-19, um, and provides recommendations for the incoming mayor and data snapshots. So the whole idea of it was to get in front of the, 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 the leaders, the mayors, and let them know that the youth are here and that we are interested in our communities and what takes place here. Um, and so this, that's, this is what it is. Now, how it began was due to the surfacing of a lot of racial injustice from last year, the killing, uh, the murder of George Floyd, uh, police brutality, the cancellation of SYP, which is Summer Youth Employment Program, uh, and a, a program that I was a part of growing up and which is how and why I'm even involved in this to begin with. This uh, sparked the young people to sleep on the steps of the city hall to demand justice. So we got the okay from city hall to move forward with virtual youth town hall series and that's all how it all came about. Um, my goal is to inspire other youth to know that they can be the change that they want to see in their communities and just the steps to, to take to actually become part of it and involved in their communities. That's awesome. Thank you for that overview, um, Abbasiano. <laughs> we're going we're to take a quick break. Um, and then when we return, we're going to continue our conversation and dive deeper into the amazing work of these young um, youth advisory council members. So stay with us on the power of young people to change the world. We'll be right back. Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. For nearly 40 years, the Minnesota-based National Youth Leadership Council has worked globally to transform classrooms, empower teachers, and captivate students by leading the way in providing high-quality, dynamic service learning content to school districts, classrooms, after-school programs, and everything in between. NYLC accelerates student achievement by strengthening academic, civic, and character outcomes through service learning. They tap into the passion, creativity, and ingenuity of all young people to make meaningful change happen. NYLC offers a variety of paths to reach service learning excellence through membership, its annual spring national service learning conference, customized professional development, tools, resources, and soon to be released, getting started in service learning. A book designed for teachers ready to lead the way to address real world issues with all young people, inspiring them to serve, learn, change the world. Visit nylc.org to learn more today. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit facebook.com forward slash voice America. You are listening to The Power of Young People to Change the World with Amy Muirs. To find out more about Amy and the National Youth Leadership Council, please visit nylc.org. Now back to the show. So welcome back, everyone. If you're just joining us, I'm joined today by the We the Youth Advisory Council from New York City's Department of Youth and Community Development. So we have some amazing young leaders. And Amaris, I'm going to come to you. And could you talk about how you came um, to be on the Youth Advisory Council and uh, why did you want to work on this amazing project? Yes. So I think I could say this and I think all my fellow peers could agree on with me on this. But I chose to become a We the Youth Advisor because of my passion for civics and my love for contributing to my community. Um, I grew up in a low income school in Brooklyn and I realized that 
we needed a lot more opportunities. And I felt like local leaders wasn't hearing us. And I wanted to help advocate for my fellow classmates. So when I heard about We The Youth, I was eager to join. I was excited to work with other amazing youth to finally have our voices heard by our local leaders and our local politicians. And not only that, but to come together and work as a group to put together a great initiative to help ignite change. I think that is something that truly stood out to me. And I think that the work that we have done so far and that we're continuing to do is just something that's so amazing. And that's why I love being a We The Youth Advisor. That's wonderful. And I love the idea. I mean, young people should be igniting change, right? Like, that's so important. Mohammed, uh, why are you passionate about the youth agenda? I'm passionate, I'm passionate about the youth agenda because I believe that the, youth agenda, that the youth need a voice in the legislation that is passed and in the way that the nation is run. Uh, too long have the youth suffered enduring age discrimination due to the perception that they aren't mature enough to have a hand in the policies that affect our lives. The youth are the future, and the future is a product of the influences of previous generations. So we need to make sure that the youth have the motivation, direction, and experience needed to fix the systemic and structural issues that arrive in the modern world. And the only way that I see that we can do that is if youth voices are supported and uplifted, and that's exactly what the youth agenda does. Absolutely. I couldn't, I just want to put a giant exclamation point next to everything that you just said. Um, Shahida, how did you get started working with this group of young people? Well, these wonderful young people came in at different times throughout the process, but initially we were working with my brothers and sisters keeper, um, one of uh, DYCD's youth advisors, um, council advisory councils, as well as the ICI Intergenerational Change Initiative through CUNY, through uh, Center University of New York. Um, they're, they're young researchers. They put out um, the YAY Youth Census, Youth Ask Youth. Youth Census, um, which surveyed a bunch of young people across the city about what their concerns were. And so I put out an application because we wanted to get more imp- uh, more information and, and more voices from of young people across New York City. And we wanted to really give more young people the opportunity to have their voices heard and be a part of, of developing and planning the youth agenda. Um, working with them has been phenomenal. Um, they are so intelligent and they um, are critical thinkers. They really they really think about what's going on in this world with um with a really fine eye in terms of their experiences and their lives. Um, I'm passionate with working with them because it's the aha moments when they are reviewing the data that makes me feel so proud, like a proud mama, right? Um, it's the moments when we review data and it's like, oh, that ain't right, right? <laughs> you know, uh-huh. and um, I love to see how they are bonding and how they support each other. So coming into this and working with them, um, coming in at different times was was awesome. And they all just jump right in and they all just click them immediately and they hear each other and they support each other. So that's how it came about. We put out an application and, and these are the young people who responded. Well, you have um, some amazing um, leaders here. And um, Elijah, I'm, I would love for you to share kind of what your role looks like as a youth advisor. You know, what, what kind of, what are the, what's the work that you've um, been doing since you started with um, DYCD? So the role of an advisor, we have multiple roles. We have from expert to host, to moderator, to interviewer, to content creators, and to data analysts. So what the experts do are they are participating in the panel of that town hall that, you know, whatever it be on, whether it be for LGBTQ rights or for mental health. The host, the host provides breakdown of a topic, including the data points for every town hall that we have. Of course, they're the host of the town hall. For the moderator, they have um, facilitated town hall segments for their own specific section. So there's two sections usually in one of our town halls. So far, interviewers are, you know, the individuals of the town hall who interviewed the experts that we have set for that town hall. The content creators that we have, you know, 
they uh, develop guiding questions and, you know, redefine priorities that we have set for our activities and our projects. And then the data analysis reviewed the data to inform our recommendations for every single project that we have. And uh, I've been able to work as a expert host and moderator during my time here with the Youth Advisory Council as a youth advisor. Awesome. Um, so there's a lot of different opportunities for young people to find a seat at the table and share their voice. Um, I've heard a lot of you mention data. So Amanda, how does data play a role in, in the work that you guys are doing? Um, how, how have you been able to gather that data and um, find out about the opinions of young people in New York? So uh, like I think even Shahida said before, is that uh, data does play a very big role in what we do. Um, the youth agenda that we've curated and all the work that DYCD and the youth council has done has been informed um, by data collected by youth of New York City. Uh, to my knowledge, we've collected data through the YAY census or the Youth Ask Youth census that uh, ICI did. Uh, we've also collected data from surveys um, I'm pretty sure the Citizens Committee for Children's Survey, um, where it's basically just uh, asking for opinions and experiences experiences of uh, youth in NYC, like I said before. And we have research briefings where we will go over the, the research and the data that we find, and we let it inform the guiding questions that we create for our town hall. And we also bring data to the table as well as um, youth advisors, we share our own experiences and we affect uh, the recommendations on the youth agenda and other things like that. I mean, well, data, you know, using data, investigating um, the issues, it's so important to to driving change. Thanks for sharing that, Amanda. Um, Abasiano, um, I would love for you to tell our listeners a little bit more about the town hall series. Um, what is like, share with folks what a town hall is, um, what the goals are, um, so that they have a picture um, for those um, who are listening who might not have ever participated in a town hall. Yeah, so what a town hall is, is we come together as a group, we, based on the data that's been collected, as uh, my peers have previously mentioned, and we essentially depending on what the goal is and what the focus is, whether it be education equity or whether it be policing and community safety, um, the, the subjects are different. So based on that and based on the data collected, we then come up with questions. I feel like Amanda briefly <laughs> spoke on this, but yeah, we then come up with questions um, that other youths may have or other youths have had. And we essentially, we want to discuss this you know, virally online. So we, we, we go on live they, after we've collected this data, collected these questions, came up with these questions, our, came up with these questions and, and, and common things. We will then go on live, um, both on YouTube and Facebook, I believe, and Zoom, of course, and uh, other youths and other people, adults as well, are able to tune into the conversation. They are engaging with us live as well, actually. So the hosts are usually able to read the, the questions that um, viewers are sending in. And we discuss briefly, talk about it. So it's actually very interactive. It gets people uh, knowing what's going on in their community who did not or may not have known it. And because youth and adults and people of like different age groups are sharing this, so many people are able to tune in and hear what we're working on, what is may be implemented and, you know, different perspectives and things that can be done to create the change that we want to see. Did that paint the picture enough? <laughs> that painted a beautiful picture. Thank you so much for sharing that. Yeah. Um, Edward, before we go to, um, to our next break, um, I'd love for you to share um, just a little bit about what you've learned about the, the other young people in New York. Well, I can simply say that I learned a lot. But the important thing was that, you know, from the surveys, right, we were able to have nine priorities identified from young people that were taking from the youth survey. 
right? So you have health and well-being, learning education equity, community safety and uh, and policing, gender justice and LGBTQ rights, community and housing, economics, civic participation, the impact of COVID-19. Those are all priorities that based on the youth survey that a lot of youth, you know, are very concerned about. And it's on the back of their minds always every day. And so from these surveys, we learned that, you know, a lot is, you know, in factor of, you know, current right now, right? So the rising of gun violence right now on the streets of New York, that is highest than ever, right? And so unfortunately, you know, it's reality. And, you know, this is what the youth are facing. And, you know, from the survey, what we hope for is that, you know, by showing the, um, the immense amount of, you know, responses and, you know, confirmation of, you know, what the issues are from these youth, you know, we can gather the detail and, you know, try to come up with recommendations, which we did with the youth agenda to show, you know, what can the next mayor do about this? What can he, what can, what can they fix? Right. And what the, and what should they do in terms of implementing, implementing and changing, you know, programs, you know, departments with, you know, their own services and how to, uh, you know, better accommodate for youth. Right. And so youth, and in, in, from this youth survey, the youth are aligned in the need for change and that they want to be part of the process, right? We're, we're experiencing these issues, so we best know how to change them and how to fix them, right? And so to me, I think the most important for all of them right now, currently, I would say, is community safety and policing, right? The, yeah. you know, it's the very, the frequent question of whether or not school safety officers are effective in our schools are, you know, being challenged right now with the idea of, you know, some schools having, you know, school safety officers that are, you know, effective in terms of being with the students and making them feel safe. Whereas there's other schools where, you know, it serves as a buffer zone and it's not really effective and it causes fear, right? As well as community safety, right? You have students that are afraid of stepping out and going to their schools, right? They have a right to their education, right? Not a right of fear and not being able to go to school, right? A place that should be safe, a place that should they, they should be able to learn and that, you know, to learn how to be a part of society, right? And learning their careers. And so I think it's very sad that it's happening right now where a lot of youth, you know, they don't feel safe where they live, right? They don't feel safe walking to their school, especially being in their school. So I think that's very important uh, right now. And, um, and yeah, it is really, really sad as well as, you know, COVID-19, which is right now where hopefully the pandemic is ending off soon, um, knocking on wood, right? Yep, exactly. Uh, But of course, with the start of this new school year, right, there is, they're saying that there's going to be no remote learning and that they're putting us all back into in-person learning. And, you know, that transition of how is that going to happen, right? And so that's part of the impact of COVID-19 going into, of course, education equity. So it's just all these issues, they intertwine and it shows that, you know, not one priority can be taken, but all priorities have to be taken in consideration and to be fixed. So, yeah. That's, thank you, Edward, for for summarizing that so well. We're going to take another quick break. And then when we come back, we'll continue our conversation. So stay with us. We'll be right back. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. For nearly 40 years, the Minnesota-based National Youth Leadership Council has worked globally to transform classrooms, empower teachers, and captivate students by leading the way in providing high-quality, dynamic service learning content to school districts, classrooms, after-school programs, and everything in between. NYLC accelerates student achievement by strengthening academic, civic, and character outcomes through service learning. They tap into the passion, creativity, and ingenuity of all young people to make meaningful change happen. NYLC offers a variety of paths to reach service learning excellence through membership, its annual spring national service learning conference, customized professional development, 
tools, resources, and soon to be released, Getting Started in Service Learning, a book designed for teachers ready to lead the way to address real-world issues with all young people, inspiring them to serve, learn, change the world. Visit nylc.org to learn more today. Follow us on Twitter for more great ideas at Voice America Empowerment. You are listening to The Power of Young People to Change the World with Amy Muirs. To find out more about Amy and the National Youth Leadership Council, please visit nylc.org. Now back to the show. Welcome back, everyone. I want to thank all of our guests for being on the show today. We were having a lively discussion during commercial break. And so, um, uh, Shahida, um, you have some amazing young leaders here who are very passionate about the work that they're doing. How have you been able to organize and bring um, help support them as they, they bring these town halls to life? So the the application process was rigorous and it was fast. Um, once we, um, the thing is, our 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 town hall started in August and we were doing them every other month. So once the wow. applications went out, um, we had to work quickly to make sure that all the young people were prepared and prepped and attended the workshops and trainings so that they were. Um, so that they were on point, right, with um, the topic, with the priorities. Um, so we use social media platforms. Um, we share the application with our p- partners and with youth organizations. And a lot of the young people who are part of the advisory council actually joined it from just watching the town halls. Um, and so a lot of them were just committed. The young, Our young people were committed. So me and our virtual, me in my virtual world, I harassed them, I think, um, at least four times a day via email, <laughs> just letting them know that we had a meeting, um, prepping them, giving them information, sending them information so that they can be abreast of the topic um, that we were going to be discussing that evening. Um, often sending out the data points um, prior to the meetings. Um, so when we created the content um, and so when they identify who the experts were, so when they decided who was, they, who was going to host and who was going to facilitate and who was going to play the background, um, all of these things happened. Um, I'm a community organizer um, in my own right uh, for several years around um, youth um, youth justice as well as uh, community development in general. So organizing it wasn't the easiest thing because of the time constraints, but I would say I have a love for it. Um, and I just was open and honest with the young people. A lot of them were in my network. So I was, they, they already were familiar with me, but the folks who were not familiar with me, I just wanted to make sure that they were comfortable. Um, so it's, it was difficult only because we had to log on several times a week. Right. And the young people were, experiencing remote learning. So, you know, I felt bad for them oftentimes because if they're on the, on the computer all day for remote learning and then they had to jump on the call with me for about an hour, hour and a half, sometimes two hours, it was always really fun to do because they were all, always also so passionate. And the conversations, the discussions were were, were, didn't seem as long as the time, right? We were just, they were just free flowing because I believe that they felt um, comfortable because I believe that we created a safe space for them um, to express themselves. Um, so I, I just hope that they were empowered by the sessions and um, in, in terms of impacting the work, I think that they impacted me, right? <laughs> but And I was just surprised with all of their knowledge um, and just, it's just being being able to hear from young people around the whole city was very, very impressive for me. Like I've done community work for my whole life. I've always worked in youth development, but this particular group of young people, I think they just really wanted to turn their anger into advocacy. And that's exactly what they did. Um, so they um, they wanted to, I, I hope that they continue to um, question the status quo. I hope that they continue to challenge the policies that do not serve them. I hope that they, um, I hope that this is going to be a model of how to engage other young people in civic engagement across the nation. Um, I believe that young people who are, um, will really positively impact each other, right? And push this thing forward and continue to find solutions. So that's a large part of 
how this was organized. You know, when it comes to grassroots organizing, typically you're you're hitting the streets, you're putting up flyers, you're agitating people, you're you're bringing people to meetings, and you're able to have that 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 physical contact. But to do this virtually, I was truly impressed by the young people's commitment and ability to really um, analyze the information and 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 and. And, and and digest it and and bring it bring it out in their own words so that other young people were able to understand it and so that other young people it resonated with the information. So for the most part, when it comes to organizing and young people, when young people are passionate, when people in general are passionate about something, organizing them is the easy. Is that's 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 not a problem, you know. Um, it's just the ones who stay committed and continue to do the work and really want to see the project through. And that's what all these young people on this call, as well as some of the other youth advisors who are not on this call, um, continue to do. They continue to log on. They continue to to share. They continue to speak their voices. And I think that that also propelled them to be able to present the youth agenda and propel them to host and to moderate and ask those hard questions um, to, our, to our experts during our town hall series. We have the Speak Up Youth portion where they review the data with other youth experts who are actually active in their fields, right? And then we also have the Dropping Gems section. That's what with seasoned experts, right? With people who are in the field, who are who are doing the work and who can speak to the policies and the solutions um, that they recommended. And the young people, the intergenerational exchange was very important um, for the youth town halls because it wasn't just this perspective of the young people, but it was also the perspective of people who have been doing the work um, for, in their own right. So I just really, I just really hope that the young people in this work will really impact the city or impact the nation and just show that young people's voices are just one thing just to have a voice because you can, you can speak, but it's important for, for powers that be to listen and to take it in consideration and say, Hey, you know what? I think that we need to include them in this process. So that's what I really, in terms of impact, I really hope that powers that be government officials see the value in having young people at the table and see the value in their opinions and, and their experiences in ways to inform policy and ways to inform practices and funding. Because at the end of the day, if young people are not, young people do not have programming and practices that are happening on the site of the locations of the organizations that are, that are um, important to them, that makes sense to them, they're not going to show up. Right. So exactly. if you don't listen to what they have to say, then they're not going to be there. They're not going to show up. And and that's a waste of the money. So listen to what they have to say. They'll show up and then they put it into practice. Absolutely. And I just have to say, as you're talking, um, it's like beautiful youth adult partnership you've created, like that trust and support and the true sense of um, connection with the young people. And it's just um it's an, it's a beautiful thing when it all comes together the way that it has, um, for you guys. Um, I do want to, I want to jump a little bit and, um, ask, um, Abbasiano a little bit about any of the challenges that you've had working on the youth agenda and kind of how you've tackled some of the issues that have come along. So honestly, for myself, the most challenging thing was before that because uh just having to manage my personal life as uh an individual but also as a small business owner um and doing the community work it was always very difficult and I really appreciate Shahida for always being on top of it you know either texting me or like calling me like (laughs) like a few minutes in I'm like oh crap and I just like tap back in um, so what I had to do was really just put everything in my calendar. Like if I didn't add to my calendar based on my busy life, I just, it, I was not going to remember it at all. Um, and that, that was the main difficulty for me. So once I did that, I was able to be more on schedule and be uh, more involved. <laughs> That's, <laughs> you know, balancing those priorities is um, it's one of the greatest challenges, right? Like trying to yeah. figure all of this out. Um, so before we go to break, um, Ariana, I want to ask you, what's been the most rewarding part of working on the youth agenda and kind of how's it changed your view of the young people in your city? 
Well, I would say the most rewarding part of working with the youth agenda is having the opportunity to express the how trans and non-binary youth and LGBTQ community and people could be, you know, respected and their rights being respected. So I could vocalize the injustice that goes on in regards to, you know, healthcare. Um, when it when it comes to, you know, law enforcement, how how trans women, trans youth are just when they 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 come across situations that that they're not being represented or they they come across dangerous situations and it's over being overlooked and they're not treated as you know a normal as a regular person as they should be and i i just appreciate being being capable of bringing awareness of what's right and what's wrong with in regards to how just treating people in general for who they are regardless of how a person present, presents themselves and what their identity is it doesn't give you any no rights you know be it doesn't give no right for you to bring injustice upon them and i wouldn't i wouldn't necessarily say it would um it has changed my view on young people because i've always felt this way in regards to young people i feel as though we always were capable of coming about overcoming the societal norms that try to hold us back and we are the future and i do i still i always have i still believe that we're capable of you know creating a better future and over and changing societal norms. Absolutely. And, you know, I always, um, as, you, as we talk about, you know, youth are the future. And um, I always think youth are leading right now. You guys are leading your leaders right now, not some distant time when um, somebody deems that you're an adult and worthy of being listened to, but you're demonstrating more leadership than a large portion of the adult population. So um, thank you for everything that you're doing. We do have to take one more brief pause. And then when we come back, we'll hear some final reflections from our guests. So stay with us on the power of young people to change the world. And remember, you can follow the show on social media at NYLCORG or find us at NYLC.org. We'll be right back. us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. For nearly 40 years, the Minnesota-based National Youth Leadership Council has worked globally to transform classrooms, empower teachers, and captivate students by leading the way in providing high-quality, dynamic service learning content to school districts, classrooms, after-school programs, and everything in between. NYLC accelerates student achievement by strengthening academic, civic, and character outcomes through service learning. They tap into the passion, creativity, and ingenuity of all young people to make meaningful change happen. NYLC offers a variety of paths to reach service learning excellence through membership, its annual spring national service learning conference, customized professional development, tools, resources, and soon to be released, Getting Started in Service Learning, a book designed for teachers ready to lead the way to address real-world issues with all young people, inspiring them to serve, learn, change the world. Visit nylc.org to learn more today. You are listening to The Power of Young People to Change the World with Amy Muirs. To find out more about Amy and the National Youth Leadership Council, please visit nylc.org. Now back to the show. Welcome back, everyone. I'm just going to jump right back into this conversation. There's so much. I feel like we need to do a part two. So we'll talk about that after the show. Um, but Elijah, um, I, I would love to find out from you some of the skills that you've developed because of your participation as a youth advisor um, and kind of what is the support that you've received from the other young people and the adults um, by participating um, in this work? So some skills that I have acquired from, you know, being here with DYCD um, is public speaking, some networking, 
I've learned a lot about moderating and uh, coalition building. And, you know, through from diversity and inclusion training and uh, data analysis training with the DOICD staff that are mentoring us, I've managed to have those skills set on my tool belt now. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> uh, a lot of support that we get is through our supplemental workshops and is with through the supplemental workshops with our partners. Uh, I'll name some few. We have the NYC Commission of Human Rights. Uh, student rights are human rights, you know. Uh, the, civil, the Civilian Complaint Review Board. Uh, that's pretty much how to file a complaint with law enforcement. And the Lit Network, that's a branding uh, partner that we have. And then Caroline Pinto is a legislative ad advocacy. So those are some partners that we have. And those are some, you know, supports that we have from those partners. And pretty much everything that I just listed down right now from my skills and from my partners, it's honestly made me, it's given me a chance to see how I could do more things with DYCD and how I could, you know, continue on, like I said, with my social justice and whatever I want to be starting on off with. That's awesome. Thank you. And thank you for acknowledging your partners. Um, you know, we don't work alone, right? There's a lot of great partners out there. So I was in our final few minutes together, I would love to get a final reflection from each of you, some piece of advice or something that you hope other young people will think about um, because of listening to this show or for the adults who are out there, um, the educators who are listening. Um, so Amanda, let's start with you. Do you have a, have a final reflection or piece of advice you'd give um, for our listeners? Yeah, sure. Um, I think something I learned once I started uh, indulging in this work was that I'm not alone and people who have experienced the things I've experienced uh, in the public school system and who want to make changes. It, 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 I think sometimes it could feel like very lonely in certain environments when you know that something's not right and you have the passion and that drive to make a change, but no one else around you does. And it really helped me finding this group and also my own coalition, Young, young Idealist. Um, it really helped me uh, empower myself to make the changes and um, be affected by the work I do. So yeah, the advice would be that we're not alone, even though it, it can sometimes really feel lonely. Absolutely. There are a lot of great um, people out there who feel just the same. Thanks, Amanda. Mohammed, how about some advice from you? Uh, a bit of advice that I would like to leave with the youth is that you should stand up and take action against the issues that you are passionate about and that you should be willing to step out of your comfort zone in doing so. Mm -hmm. I've, I'm an introvert and everyone, even in this in this group can attest to that, that in the, in my meetings, I'm not, yeah, I'm, I'm, I don't, I'm, I'm not, I'm not one to really speak up or to, or to be, or to be overly social, but, and I would never have, and I would never have thought, I would never have thought the sequences of events that have led me to this point or, or in, uh, and I would never have imagined myself in a in a setting like the youth youth advisory council. So the advice, uh, so a lesson that I've picked up along the way is that you should jump at every opportunity that is pre presented to you, and that you should never settle in trying to improve yourself and the conditions around you. And this entails taking action and stepping out of your comfort zone, like I said, and just. In, in in trying to create change, you have to you have to be willing to struggle to to move out of what what you are comfortable with, and this is that that's what I've learned from being in the Youth Advisory Council. Wonderful, thank you, Mohammed um, Abasiano. How about you? Final final word of advice. Yes, my advice would be that anything that you see in your community, in your life or around you that you feel is not right and needs to change, 
there is something that you can actually do to create that change. You're not alone. You're not just a small fish in a pond. I just, you can seek out these things, you know, maybe Googling and asking uh, leaders in your community how you can help and what you can do. So I just want you to remember that you are not alone um, and you can make it happen. But. Awesome. Thank you so much. That's wonderful advice. Um, we aren't alone. I want to thank each of you for joining me today, for sharing your important work with our listeners. I truly believe every study should provide a platform for young people to engage in civic action, just like you're doing in New York City. Um, thank you for sharing your voices with our elected officials, and I um, and I hope the mayoral candidates are listening. Um, if they're not, we need to make them listen. If you want to learn more about New York City's youth agenda or the We Youth we the Youth Advisory Council. You can find them on Twitter at NYC Youth, um, which has a direct link to their very long email address, which is why I'm directing you towards Twitter. Um, or you can email me at info at NYLCorg. Um, when we tap into the power of youth voice to their ideas, creativity, and passion, we can see what a powerful tool service learning is as a strategy to get to engage young people in our democracy. Young people shouldn't have to wait until someday in the future um, to participate in our communities as informed and engaged citizens. So again, I want to thank our listeners for being here with us today. If you missed the start of the show, check us out on our podcast. You can find it on any of your favorite podcast apps. And next Thursday, I'm going to be joined by the Executive Director of Global Girls, Inc., Marvia DePen. Um, and she's aligning um, her teaching of art with student program participants. Um, Global Girls, is they're doing amazing work in Chicago. You're going to want to check it out. So join me at six o'clock Eastern next Thursday to hear even more inspiring stories. Um, so until next week, please join us as we serve, learn, change the world. See you next week. Thank you for tuning in this week to the power of young people to change the world. Your host, Amy Muirs, will return for another program next Thursday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time and 6 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Together, we'll serve, learn, change the world.